today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A group called Concerned Ontario Doctors this weekend released another open letter to the Premier and to Health Minister uh, here in Ontario in regards to their concerns about COVID-19 and the Ontario government's plan. Uh, they've been very outspoken about the, the things going forward and the way the government has handled this. And uh, to give us an update on this, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Clovinder Gill, who is the president of Concerned Ontario Doctors. Uh, Dr. Gill, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad we could join, uh, you could join us once again to talk about this. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe for, for those that uh, missed our first conversation a little while ago, let's uh, back up just a little bit and talk about the first letter and some of the concerns that you raised at that time as, as, as this started to unfurl. Absolutely. So on April the 14th, um, Concerned Ontario Doctors had sent out our first open letter to both Prime Minister Trudeau and to Premier uh, Ford, and it, w- and it was copied to um, all the MPs and the MPPs, all the healthcare bureaucrats and the um, provincial and the federal uh, public health officials. Um, and uh, we had um, laid out our concerns at that time about the governments um, of both levels, about their preparedness and their and their emergency response um, to COVID-19. And we had given very detailed recommendations spanning 15 key areas that we um, felt were crucial for the government to find a safe path forward and to save as many lives as possible. Uh, Within 24 hours of that letter, we had received a response um, from the federal health minister's um, office. And within 72 hours of that letter, we had met with the um, senior policy um, director and the senior policy advisors for the federal health minister um, um, to, uh, to discuss our concerns. And they continued to follow up with us. Um, however, um, just as all of our other correspondence with this government over the nearly past two years, we have still heard absolutely nothing from either Premier Ford or from Health Minister Christine Elliott. So we sent a second letter to them um, on May 1st, which coincided with National Physicians Day and Doctors Day. Um, and this was focusing on our concerns about their abuse of frontline physicians because that day um, was um, probably the worst um, Doctors' Day and National Physicians' Day for Ontario physicians in our history um, because even during a pandemic, it's unconscionable the amount of abuse that the provincial government is putting frontline physicians through at this time when we're trying to do everything as an essential service to protect our patients. And um, that letter um, expressed four areas of key concern that frontline physicians have about the government's abuse um, of doctors and and in turn abuse of patients and and key actions that need to be taken right away. Maybe you could show in some detail anyway just what some of those concerns are. Uh, and and uh, can we use uh, the, well pretty strong language? I mean to say that that the doctors or physicians are being abused by uh, government policies. Uh, is, is pretty strong language. Maybe explain exactly why you use that particular word and, and how it applies to, to the letter. Absolutely. So we're in an un- unprecedented pandemic. Um, and and uh, for the governments to continue to say that we never had a blueprint for this is just oh disingenuous because um, um, all governments, uh, including our federal government, actually had an emergency preparedness plan um, spanning nearly 14 years um, since um, SARS and, uh, and and Ontario had first-hand experience with SARS, with the most um, uh, deaths um, and, and cases outside of Asia 
um, occurring here in the GTA. And um, our first concern was breach of contract. Even during a pandemic, um, the government has been withholding physicians' wages. Uh, they started virtual care uh, codes, which became effective on April 14th, just a few days before um, oh, the provincial lockdown had them started. And so in good faith, physicians had started providing essential patient care to um, or to their patients with chronic non-COVID illnesses um, that still need management during a pandemic through virtual care. And, and physicians haven't been paid. Um, they had submitted oh, their billings uh, at the end of March, um, and, and all of them came back rejected. And the ministry claims that uh, they supposedly can't program a few simple um, codes, um, and, uh, which is unfathomable because no other jurisdiction in, in Canada has had any, any disruption in either patient care or in, of, or in a physician payment. And so when physicians' billings become rejected by the government for patient care already provided and they're illegally withholding wages, um, that has a tremendous um, um, uh, impact in terms of the viability of the community clinics. And so we've seen um, um, a clinics closing during a pandemic when they're needed the most um, because there's no funding uh, to provide for the costs of overhead covering everything for rent and staff wages um, um, or, to, um, or to all of the other um, medical supplies. And on top of the breach of contract, um, physicians still don't have personal protective equipment. And so the government continues to, to send its um, um, frontline doctors in, in tremendous harm's way uh, without the personal protective equipment that they need uh, to not only protect themselves from the COVID-19 infection, but to prevent um, them submitting it, um, actually tr transmitting it asymptomatically to patients that they may be providing care for. And it's tremendously alarming that nearly 15% of all COVID-19 infections now here in Ontario are amongst frontline healthcare workers. And um, there has been no effort by this government to provide PPE to doctors practicing within communities. And, and the PPE within hospitals continues to be heavily rationed. Another third concern that we had was about physician mental health. Uh, we knew uh, that even before this pandemic, um, doctors had the highest suicide rate uh, amongst any profession. And, and this government is touting mental health supports, but it's completely neglecting to acknowledge that um, physicians actually get punished by our regulatory college if we seek mental health care. And so that's a huge barrier for physicians to be able to access the desperately needed um, health care that they need because our colleges don't recognize mental health and physical health as being equal. And so it then threatens the livelihood of physicians. So we're urging this government to follow the lead of other countries and to support physicians that need mental health support as opposed to punish those or those doctors. And lastly, our concern was about the ongoing misrepresentation and um, malrepresentation of doctors by the Ontario Medical Association, where this government continues to force doctors to be a part of this undemocratic and unaccountable organization. And it's the only jurisdiction in Canada 
that forces physicians to still pay $54 million annually in forced dues. Um, so even while physicians are not being paid by the government, um, are not being provided with any supports, we're still being forced to pay this unaccountable entity. And I should um, acknowledge the fact that other jurisdictions in Canada have been tremendously supportive of their physicians. So you have oh, British Columbia, um, Saskatchewan, Newfoundland, Quebec, oh, Nova Scotia. They have not only been paying their physicians on time, they have created income um, stabilization, infrastructure stabilization plans because they acknowledge and recognize uh, that there's a tremendous need to support frontline physicians during this pandemic to keep clinics open to provide those essential patient services. And and Ontario had a SARS uh, income um, stabilization plan in 2003. So we're calling on this government to step up and not only um, uh, provide essential supports in terms of um, mental health supports and PPE and and uh, independent uh, representation, but also to ensure physicians are paid timely, fairly, um, with with their contract honored, uh, while also providing stabilization. Now, I want to be cool. a lot to unpack here, and I'm glad you were so precise about this because I want people to have an understanding as to what's going on here. Uh, because this is, as you mentioned, this is unique to Ontario uh, as opposed to what some other provinces are doing. Uh, so these are services that have already been provided, and because uh, a lot of folks, doctor, may be under the impression right now that well, everything in healthcare is shut down except primary care hospitals and long-term care facilities. But there are people that are dealing with other issues besides COVID-19, uh, and I know that your profession you don't want to abandon those people. There's still work that needs to be done. A lot of that work, from what you're telling us, has been done, and now the Ontario government is, is refusing to acknowledge that and refusing to pay the doctors for what they've done. Is that, is that the sense of it? Absolutely. So they created uh, codes um, um, to start to bill for these virtual care visits because specialists and family doctors are still running clinics every single day. We're still seeing patients every single day because um, those non-COVID um, patient illnesses haven't stopped. So instead of seeing patients within clinic settings for those non um um, um, for those patients where they're able to see patients for the time being or virtually that's being done. So either via phone or by, or by video to manage, um, seizure disorders, to manage asthma, to manage, um, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, um, uh, to go over, uh, concerns that parents might have about their infant's health, et cetera. So there's, um, uh, health care never stops. So, so that has been ongoing um, since the pandemic started, and these um, virtual clinic visits are so crucial to actually uh, alleviate uh, pressures onto our hospital systems. And, and that's what community physicians, specialists, and, and, and family doctors have been doing in good faith. Uh, what this government um, failed to do was just uh, allow doctors, as other jurisdictions within Canada have, to use existing billing codes. And that would have allowed for a seamless transition. But instead, they created new billing codes, which they claim they can't program, which is unfathomable. Um, I, don't, I, I don't buy that. I mean, look, at I'm not a computer geek by any stretch of the imagination. But this sounds like this was a conscious decision they made to simply not acknowledge the codes. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the radical thing that they're doing here, obviously, it smacks again of cost cutting as opposed to, you know, the best interest of the people in the medical profession. 
other provinces have done this very same thing. I mean, if they had said, I'm sorry, our code, we, we don't recognize that, simply reapply but use this code so you can get the money. I mean, that would have been a simple thing to do. It seems to me as if that's a lame excuse for not wanting to pay the doctors at all. Yes. And so physicians on the front lines have seen a dramatic 80 to 100% decline in their income. And I should mention that 40 to 60% of that income goes towards infrastructure. So physicians are essential in providing healthcare infrastructure. So all of the healthcare infrastructure you see outside of hospitals are funded by physicians through their OHIP billing. And so physicians within community clinics have not been paid um, since, um, uh, have not had their actual billings since February. And, 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 and so many of these clinics are not viable anymore. There's, there's no income coming in to be able to continue to pay for the staff and, and to pay for the infrastructure. That's, and, that's a very germane point too, Doctor. And I know we've talked about this in the past when there have been contract negotiations going on between the, the province and, and doctors, but it, it's bearing, it bears repeating, I think, that uh, outside of a hospital setting, uh, doctor's offices, the equipment that's used in doctor's offices, uh, all of that stuff, that's paid for by the doctor. The, the government does not give anybody that stuff. So if you're not making money and you're not having ed, uh, revenue coming in, how do you pay those bills? Absolutely. And, and, and COVID-19 will have many ways to this pandemic. So we're, we're currently within the first wave, but <clears throat> research shows that there will be multiple waves. And then research also shows that within those secondary tertiary waves, it will be the non-COVID chronic care patients that will be suffering the most because their health care needs will be um, uh, considered to be second degree by governments. And, and already in the first wave, we're already seeing that happening from the Ontario government, while other jurisdictions have continued to fund essential uh, non-COVID health care for patients to ensure that that we continue to have a healthy population going forward, Ontario hasn't done that. And so uh, once we get through the first wave, we'll, we'll, we'll be worse off than we were at the beginning of the pandemic, simply because this government has has, has allowed healthcare infrastructure to deteriorate and, and for clinics to close. So we are, we, we are already seeing thousands of orphaned patients um, then oh, then we had oh, back in March before the actual lockdown started because this government is not providing any sort of stabilization or support for infrastructure within communities. And that's, a, that's an obligation that it has to do because physicians in good faith have been um, keeping their clinics open. They, they in good faith have been providing patient care, um, um, honoring the contract and honoring the codes that the government told us to use. Um, and, and now this government needs to step up and it needs to fulfill not only its legal, legal obligation to physicians, but it needs to treat physicians as respected partners. There's many aspects of COVID-19, which this government is failing on tremendously, and it's risking patients' lives. There's critical aspects, both scientifically and, and, and on the medical forefront, that we could be doing in terms of battling COVID-19, which we're not doing, and which other nations um, uh, across the world are effectively implementing. So we, we still don't understand, we don't comprehend why during such a deadly a pandemic, um, this government continues to treat frontline physicians as, as, as an enemy, as opposed to embracing us as partners and utilizing the medical knowledge that we have to actually save lives. 
it's completely unconscionable. Got a minute or so left here, Doctor. I wanted to clarify something as well. You mentioned that uh, the, you sent letters to the federal government as well, and they were a receptive and b seemed uh, somewhat uh, sympathetic to what was going on here. But this has got to be settled at the provincial level, doesn't it? I mean, the funding for healthcare is is delivered by provincial government, so yes. Queens Park has to be active here. That's all there is to it. Absolutely, and and other jurisdictions, as I mentioned, Quebec, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, Saskatchewan, have been tremendously supportive of their physicians. They've been paying them timely. They've been uh, uh, paying them hazard pay. They've been providing them with PPE. They have um, provided them with income stabilization, right, to to ensure the viability of the healthcare infrastructure that exists to ensure that patient needs continue to be met. And that's what we need to see from this government, as opposed to these empty platitudes of simply calling um, us healthcare heroes on on National Doctors' Day, there was a, a light campaign um, uh, where apparently a one second of a flashing light is is all physicians are worth in terms of putting our lives on the line without PPE to ensure the safety um, and, and protect the lives of our patients. And it's a tremendous slap in the face of physicians, and it's a, a, a complete abuse of not only patients but of doctors as well. Well, I mean, you know, we, we acknowledge the frontline heroes, and we talk about that all the time, and justifiably so, that are working in, in ERs and, and facilities all over the country these days trying to do what they can. But uh, as you say, there's a long, long list of people that have non-COVID conditions that also need care, and uh, they, they we can't abandon them, and the government has to understand that and understand the work that needs to be done. I, I wish you luck with this, uh, Doctor. Please keep us posted as to what kind of, if any, response you do get from the provincial government. But I do appreciate the time today to bring this, uh, this very important uh, and subject to the national attention anyway and see if we can get some response from Queen's Park. Thank you again for this. Stay well and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. That's Dr. Govinda Gill, of course, who was the president of Concerned Ontario Doctors. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.